welcome to another edition of Canton Bound, the NFL half of our Campus to Canton podcast. As always, I'm Colin. And this is Austin. And a uh, little little football talk here first. World Cup really, uh, really heating up, really getting interesting here, especially today with the uh, Germany not in it anymore. Japan beating Spain, winning that group. Who, who, like be, uh, when you started the the when the World Cup started and we saw those draws, what were the odds that you would have put on Japan winning this group with Costa Rica, Japan, or uh, Spain, and Germany? I don't know what kind of odds you you would have gotten places, but I'm assuming it would have been really really good. Um, Japan just like I said I said this to Matt on Twitter like they they literally rope doped Spain today. They just sat there the entire first half and did absolutely like didn't even try to do anything and then they came out in the second half like their hair was on fire and just ran at them for like the first five like i've never seen a team do that before like they they played <laughs> possum i've never seen that it was very very interesting um i i don't know um but uh a uh, uh, win's a win so good for them yeah, I think they're a really well-coached team, honestly. They seem to really make in-game adjustments well because uh, they were trailing when they beat Germany and then made some in-game adjustments, and then they ended up beating Germany. Yeah, I think, I mean, I, this is going to sound really weird, but just stick with me for a second. Okay. I think what the, the way they approach some of this stuff is actually like almost representative of like a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. Like they're not, their players are not so set and again, I'm going to sound like I'm just like racially profiling an entire <laughs> continent here. And that's not what I'm doing with what I'm about to say. But their players seem to take better to making kind of those kind of adjustments. Whereas kind of, you know, the German guys, I'm pretty sure you just kind of put them out there in their positions and you give them a basic tactical whatever. And they're going to they, they, they'll work within it. But like the Japanese guys seem like there's a little more buy in there. Is very interesting, um, and I, I do think part of it's cultural. Um, so I think, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So I, and a lot of them aren't big names either. At the end of the day, no. that matters a little bit too. It's a little harder they for the coach even to go Honda tell anymore, the guy right? that was just bought for one hundred twenty million dollars to go, you know, do something. Uh, which is a little bit different. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're seeing a lot of traditional World Cup powers getting getting either knocked out or not having the world cup that we were expecting them to Mexico, Argentina has struggled. Uh, Mexico, Mexico did what we thought they were going to do. Argentina won their group. Yeah, but barely they, they had two worldies score on them in the first game. Other than that, did they even give up a goal? <laughs> like, uh, let's not pretend like Argentina's had a bad world cup. It was started slow. Started Saudi slow. Arabia got lucky as shit in that opening <laughs> game. That's, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know that them going through is ever really in doubt. Saudi Arabia fumbled the bag after that, like, yeah, yeah. But what are you going to do? Yeah. They also, not to get too far into this, Saudi Arabia played basically the worst thirty minutes I've ever seen from an international soccer team in my entire life in that game against Mexico. I have no idea what they were doing. They were down to nothing. And they decided that not only were they not going to play any defense, which is fine if you're pushing everybody forward, they also weren't attacking at all. They just were hanging out. It was embarrassing. <laughs> I have never seen anything like it in my a bunch of stuff I've just never seen in my entire life in this tournament. Yeah. Um, part of it probably has to do with the fact that it's in the middle of the freaking season. Um, but uh, 
I don't think a lot of these teams losing were surprises. I went I on think, better sports before the thing said and said Belgium and probably Belgium. won't even make it out of their group. Um, I, I still think that was, I mean, not having Lukaku was big. Um, I, I think that impacted them there because they just, it seemed like they just kind of struggled to finish. But this Belgian team, I had the displeasure of watching three or four times this year during Nations League. They don't have a midfield and they're so slow in the back because they're all 50 <laughs> that if you have speed at all, they can't do any, they can't possess because they play a high line possession system and they can't counterattack because they ain't got no midfield to push the ball. If they got, they, they, they're, they're not set up for anything. Mm. They're terrible. I did. This was like the least surprising upset ever in the history of sports. It was just past their time. They, they haven't replaced any of their back line, which is incredible. They, it's been, it's, it's the same guys that were there in like what, 2010. Alderweireld, yeah. uh, I think Den Donkers, uh, you know, new is for Tongan like twenty seven for Tongan. <laughs> like it's just it's that group. It's yeah, yeah. It's so I mean it happens. Yeah, they probably just don't have anybody else to bring up there. But no, they don't. I mean that's what happens. But speaking of uh, of of upsets and and stuff, um, you know, Netherlands, U.S. got a got a take for this game here on Saturday. I'll probably put a little money on this, and I'll probably put it on the U.S. I think this U.S. team, I know this is I, – I'm not very homerish about the U.S. national No, you're not. I'm not really homerish about anything that I watch. Um, although I did fight very, very passionately for Izzy in our debate over who some of our players of the year should be today in the, the Slack channel. Um, but we are a team that will give the Netherlands fits. They are – so I had the severe displeasure of watching them against Belgium, and they're two very similar teams in the fact that uh, Netherlands is more, you know, more athletic in the back, but they have the same issues up front. The midfield can be bypassed very, very easily. They're very passive, which means if you have a pressing team with physical center midfielders, you can basically mark them out of a game, which we do. They don't really have any dominant guys up front that you can kind of just, you know, find an outlet Gak- and beat two guys. Gakpo's had a good World Cup. He's been okay, but th- so I've watched a bunch of their games now. He just floats in and out of games. Like, he'll score that goal, and then you won't hear the announcer say his name for, like, 40 minutes because he just hasn't touched the ball. He's one of those kind of players. He's going to get overbought this this next summer. Um, but I think the U.S. can beat them, like, a, a one nothing, Or, yeah, I could even see 2-1. I could see going extra time not scoring a second on them. They're not a scary team. No, I agree. I don't think they're scary. Um, you know, they have Van Dyke in the back there um who's who's good he's very solid he's been terrible for liverpool this year though i don't even know how good he's been this world cup they didn't look at their group yeah they played ecuador who is a fun team but they're like hyper direct like very predictable um kind of more athletic than technical in the center of the midfield and they gave them a ton of problems in the midfield this is what we're going to do who else did they play they played senegal without Mane, yeah which is just a very direct team with the very physical midfielders that gave them an issue. And then they played um, Australia or no, not Australia. Um, yeah. yeah, no. Yeah. I think it was Australia because Australia made it out of that group. No, Australia played France. Um, oh yeah, that's right. I forget who the other team in that group, but like same it, flag, same flag. They, they weren't like, they're not a scary team. There's no scary teams in this tournament for the record. France could be Brazil. Like there's no real scary teams. I don't think, 
I wouldn't be scared of any of these teams that are on the U.S. side of the bracket right now. I'm not saying they're going to go all the way. I'm just saying there's no there's no team here that yeah that we can't kind of yeah. throw some haymakers with throughout the course of the game. We do need uh, obviously Pulisic back healthy, and I think Sargent too. Um, I, I like Sargent up top. I like what he brings there as as a nine up top. Um, so. Yeah, I, I I could very easily see a one, it's going to be like a one nothing two one type game. I I think we I think the U.S. can beat them. Interesting. Okay, well that'll be fun game to watch. We'll move into some actual football talk here. Um, news: uh, a couple quick hitters. Justin Fields was a full participant in practice today, so looking like he's going to suit up here. At least trending in that direction. Um, Jerry Judy did not practice again today, looking like he's trending in the opposite direction here. Uh, Travis Etienne is reportedly, quote, insisting on playing this week. Uh, I'd also heard a report that he could have come into the game last week if they needed him. Um, So we'll keep an eye on that one, but it sounds like he's going to play there. Mike Williams did not practice again today. Mike Williams likely going to be out again here this week. Traylon Burks did not practice today with an illness. That's going to be one to keep an eye on, although since it's an illness, hopefully he's over that by the time the weekend rolls around. And Antonio Gibson did not practice today with a foot injury. Uh, Definitely monitor that one. And if he doesn't go, you know, Brian Robinson looking like an intriguing option there. Uh, Aaron Rodgers finally got a limited practice in here today. Now, I don't know if the limited tag is always interested. How much did he actually do? Did he, he said he's up? playing, right? I I'm mean, I'm pretty sure he did an interview Monday or Tuesday and said that he's playing this week. Planning on playing this week, but this was his first limited practice of the week, so that'll definitely just, be interested. Just Rogers is there. a yeah, I mean yeah, but Rogers is the type of guy who he doesn't need to practice all week. You know, and he's the kind of guy that just sessions he, he kind of sets the you know yeah I'm playing okay yeah that's fair um but if he does not go here Jordan love does he have one last chance in him can he can does he have anything left that he can show you that would make you buy in I mean maybe he looked okay last week but I think it was a probably a case of this you know kind of coming in defense not really prepped for you eagles defense for whatever i thought the, I thought the eagles had an okay defense they were really bad last week like I, I watched the first like three quarters of that game and then i stopped watching um the, the, so these two teams combined for like 40 points in the four in the first quarter at the end of the first quarter the book still had the over on this game at 59 and a half and they had it was like 20 to 17 i was like uh yeah what this course 70 steps or something yeah. something like Very that deserving. yeah um interesting but, they uh, hadn't caught up i think it was just love coming in in a hot hand real quick um I, I expect if a team is ready for him i don't think he'll look very good he's easily conf- uh, i still suspect he's probably easily confused by things i don't mean that like like def- <laughs> complex defensive schemes give him issues Fair enough. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much out on him too. I think if you had a sell window, sell it for pretty much anything I can get. Um, but 
In other news, Najee Harris did not practice again today. Um, not sure if he's going to end up playing here in this one or if it will be Jalen Warren, Benny Snell. Um, we'll Benny see. Benny Snell if... also has not been practicing. Oh, okay. It will be Jalen Warren, Warren Anthony McFarland, because uh, Jalen Warren was also banged up coming into the week. I uh, knew Warren was banged up coming into the week. From what I've seen, he's been practicing. He has. Did not really pay that close attention to Benny Snell, to be honest. Yeah, he uh knee injury, I think. Gotcha. So I suspect he probably doesn't play this week. Gotcha. Uh, well, Najee Harris on the year here, disappointing. It's RB20 in half point PPR. We did into the, you know, coming into this year, we both said, and, and I don't think we were alone in this, you know, sell Najee. Najee was, it was one of our bigger sells and it's seeming to be coming true here. Disappointing year. What are we doing with Najee moving forward? I've seen some really interesting trades, uh, people buying him for super, super cheap. I could be convinced to do that. I don't think the dealer's offense is going to be any worse next year. We'll see what they do with their first round pick. Um, but they can't take the- Olufashinu anymore. I don't know what his deal is. His teammates are all leaving too. It's not like they all had a pack to come back next year. Porter's leaving. No, it, I'm sure he'll be the first. It's a education. Apparently, it's a big thing um, for him and his family. He wants a, a degree. You ever heard of online college? I don't know. I'm not arguing it. I'm not arguing with it. But so you're uh, you're you're buying Najee at the right price right now. You think he could have a nice bounce back next year? Sure. Why not? He's never going to do what he did last year. Right. I think we talked about that at the beginning of the year. Like the just absurd amount of targets that he got, which is straight up not sustainable. Um, but I think he could be okay. And the Steelers bring back everything else next year, you know, for better or for worse. Pickens is back, Fryermuth's back, Pickett, uh, Deontay's back. Um, most of the line is back. It, it, the, the whole unit basically returns. So um, the offensive line hasn't been like that bad this year. No, it's been fine. So now. Do you, is there you're the you're the Steelers insider here? Is there any chance that Matt Canada gets canned after this year? I I would put the odds very very high that he Mike does Tom, that he that he's gone. Mike Tomlin mm. just doesn't really like to fire guys in the middle of the season. Mm. Okay, um, which I can respect. So um, I would suspect that he will be gone. I don't know who the new OC will be, um, but yeah. I, I think that he'll be gone. There'll, there'll be something completely new going on next year, which is good. I think the scheme is yeah. 70% of the problem. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. So, you know, sounds like a, a buy window opening up here for Najee. I might float a couple offers out there for him at this point. Um, last news item here we have Jamar Chase is expected to return this week. Obviously, he is still a stud. Uh, one of the top wide receivers in football and in dynasty, but his return is going to change things for T Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Um, We've seen T Higgins be successful with chase out there as well. Boyd also oddly enough this year has been more successful when chase was in the lineup than without, but what are we doing with Higgins and Boyd? He's been a non-factor. Yeah. Uh, the same thing we were doing with him before. You know, it's been so weird that Boyd hasn't done anything with Chase out. I had him in a couple of leagues. Like I had him in uh, Scott Fishbowl and a couple other places, and I was like, oh, time to fire up my Tyler Boyd. And he didn't do anything the past couple of weeks. Maybe he needs Chase there to take the, the 
coverage off. He might he might have also been a little banged up. I don't really know. I mean, I was at that Steelers Bengals game. I don't know if I heard his name at all until like the fourth quarter. Um, so, uh, the what are we doing with them? I, I don't know the same thing that we've been doing with them. I mean, I still think T Higgins is a buy. Okay. I'm going to try. I know the person that I'm trying to trade with doesn't listen to this podcast. I'm trying to trade Martin <laughs> Harrison for T Higgins and a little extra on top in a league. We'll Ooh, see if I can pull that okay. off. Okay. And I'm assuming C2C, not, not Debbie. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Interesting. My, my big question here is what to do with Boyd because Boyd is a guy that you and I both like more, kind of more than consensus. I think he's, he's underrated. Um, he'd had an, a pretty nice fantasy year last year, even being the third option. And I have a lot of Boyd, but he has been disappointing this year, especially down the stretch here and, and with Jamar Chase out. Um, you know, what? so my, the question is more with Boyd. Do we think he can kind of bounce back with Chase back or is he just kind of a volume dependent third third option where he'll give you a couple decent weeks and that's about it? Um, so my answer is basically you can't sell him. What no. are you going to get? What are you going to get for him? Nothing. I've tried. I've tried. Nothing. Yeah. There, there's anything. your answer then. Um, I could be convinced to buy him as a throw in. I, I don't know how long he'll stay on the Bengals. He might be a cap casualty at some point down the line. They haven't paid Burrow yet. Have they next year? No. This off season? They have to? Um, I think it's next year, um, because he is actually from the 2020 class, as somebody pointed out to us last week, uh, hand up, that's on me. We talked about the 2021 class. We were talking about the rest that got people from 2020. We should have been talking about Burrow and Tua and Herbert, but there's not, they're all good and a discussion. So I maintain it was better for the show but whatever I digress. Um, yeah. Joe, Joe Burrow has another year under contract after this year, and then they have their fifth year op. So he is uh, up through 2024. Those guys seem to get paid before the fifth year option though. So, um, or at least it's like tacked on to the fifth year option. So I would think this off season would be the one where they, they maybe do. start chatting about it a little bit. Uh, and moral of the story is he could, paid he could end early. up he may want to get paid early, though, Burrow, because he's 26. He will be 28 by the time that 50-year option is up. 28, well, 29, actually. Uh, so he was already on the older side coming out. He may want to get paid a little early if he can if he can get that done. Wow. Joe Burrow out here crying poor. The Probably. First overall pick in the NFL draft. This freaking guy. This freaking guy. But anyway, so Boyd, maybe cap casualty. Maybe he goes somewhere else, gets a little value back. But uh, right now, I definitely think he's at least a hold. So you're not getting anything for him. Um, We'll move here into the main part of the show here, and that's predicting the biggest risers from 2022 to 2023 uh, in terms of ADP. Before we get into that, though, this podcast is part of the Fantasy Points Media Group, along with a ton of other great pods. You can follow them all on Twitter at Fantasy Points Live or check out the Friday drops that recap the week in the Fantasy Points Media Group. 
And if you're looking for additional NFL or CFF content, besides what you can get at the lovely campus to Canton.com uh, fantasy points is a great resource. Uh, a lot of great content going on over there. I uh, use promo code campus 22 for 10% off of a membership. Um, so predicting some of the biggest risers from last year to this year, uh, which players do you think are going to rise the most in ADP from where they were prior to the start of the season to, you know, once like February, March ish and startup season hits. I did not do as much research as you did, Colin. Um, and I think the audience, if they've listened to us for any length of time knows why. Um, I picked Drake London is a big one that I think is going to rise. And I don't even know how much I love Drake London, but he's been good this year. He's been solid this year. Um, and I think you, there will be, even before the NFL draft, I think there will be some anticipation that something changes with their quarterback situation, whatever that might be. I don't know if that means making a trade for a guy or, you know, moving up in the draft or, or, you know, maybe they start getting linked throughout the process to somebody, but it can't be worse than what they have there this year for the, for, for passing sake. Um, so I think Drake London um, who is kind of a mid-tier wide receiver two at the moment um, can bump up a couple of slots. I mean, it's it's rookie wide or you know going into their second year wide receivers. Those guys always kind of get that, you know, he was this good as a freshman. Think how or as a rookie, think how good he's going to be next year um, when when he's now that he's used to the league. So I think he's a guy that's going to see a big bump. Yeah, and I, I think you're right. If if you see a change in quarterback there, a significant change in quarterback, whether it's somebody through a trade free agency they're not the falcons have played themselves out of any quarterback this year they've been it's a fireball offense for arthur smith as far as I'm it honestly it honestly is it honestly is they should have probably been one of the worst teams in the league this year they should have rolled rolled desmond ritter out there weeks ago yeah yeah agreed um but if they change something in the quarterback situation i definitely think he'll get a bump i think you're right though he'll get a bump either way uh, one of the biggest risers I think we're going to see um, next year, and I don't think Felix listens to this show, so I feel like I can say this here, but it's Ramondre Stevenson, RB35, coming into this year as he was drafted. Uh, and he is currently the RB11 on the year in half PPR. So he has seen a considerable jump. They use him in the passing game. Um and Damian Harris has been banged up this year, which I definitely think has been contributing to Ramondre Stevenson's um, production so far because Patriot running backs tend to be um, not reliable. Uh, it's kind of one week, one guy, one week, another guy. But Damian Harris being out has allowed Stevenson to be the bell cow, and he's shown out well. Uh, Damian Harris is a free agent next year as well. And I think once people really, once people realize that, once people see where he finished, I think we're going to see him inside the top 15 running backs and, and probably you know, you know what's about to happen, right? They're going to take like chase Brown in the fourth round. Mm-hmm. Probably. Yeah. And it's going to exactly just tank for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't think he is not, a, he's very much not a buy for, for anybody listening. I, I just think his ADP is going to rise. I am not buying him. And I think he will be overvalued this off season because like you said, they'll take chase Brown. They'll take, Mo Ibrahim even as a banger between the tackles and they'll just feed him the ball. Like that's what the Patriots do. The running backs are unreliable. I'm not buying Stevenson. 
unless I'm looking for, you know, a title this year and I'm going to try to buy him for down the stretch, but you're probably going to overpay for him at this point. But I think he's going to be a huge riser. Now, this might be before your time, Colin, but, um, and I, it's like you're, half a joke. Half I'm sorry, a joke. I was going to say, how, old, how much older than you are? Like, Can you remember Corey Dillon with them? I do. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. If you can remember back that far, they definitely had a couple years there where they ran with the bell cow. So I don't. I think it's more been a case of was Corey Dillon and Kevin Falk at the same time though. Yeah, but Dillon still got like he still got his touches. Falk basically just functioned as like a third down guy essentially. Um, yeah, he, he, Dillon was definitely like the guy. What what do they define bell cow? Sixty percent or something like that of the backfield touches they were hitting that back then. Um, so I don't think Belichick is opposed to it. Uh, and to be honest, I think with their current roster set up, if Belichick had his way, they'd probably be tilting things more toward the run anyway. So there might be plenty of carries to go around for everybody. Yeah. I mean, they're they're always going to be one of the more run-heavy teams in the league. But how successful can you be doing that nowadays in today's NFL? I don't know. Didn't we just talk about the Falcons playing themselves out of a, <laughs> an early draft pick by doing exactly that? I mean, fair. But also, the their schedule has been bad. The NFC South is terrible this year. Absolutely terrible. But I digress. Uh, who's the other player you think is going to have the a huge rise here this year? Yeah, much like you talked about, actually, to buy, do buy Christian this offseason. Uh, the one thing that will hurt, I think, is if Aaron Rodgers decides to retire. That, that would hurt him yes. and probably limit this value rise but he i i don't I, I think he's a really nice football player like for the nfl i don't think he'll be a consistent fantasy option what's he scored like six touchdowns in the past and like 50 percent of his catches over the past three weeks have gone for touchdowns like just clearly not yeah, sustainable like, we just had this entire like discussion that, yeah. we just had this entire discussion about this with with gabe davis and like the people who said like this is not sustainable guess what we're correct it's not sustainable it's a very similar thing, but I but I think people are just going to be wowed by what he did at the end of the year here. And I do think there are ways to get him involved that will raise like Gabe Davis. You can just put Christian Watson running crossers all day, and he will probably score, you know, a fair amount. You can't not do that with Gabe Davis. Like there there are some other ways to get Christian Watson involved. The quarterback situation could be limiting. I don't know if they'll even even draft somebody to go alongside him. I think that would actually help him a little bit. Um, but I, I think he'll see a rise in ADP this offseason as people kind of we have this whole discussion over again. But, you know, as much as things change, they stay the same. Yeah, no, I agree. So I, I think Ch- Christian Watson will see a nice rise here this year. You know, wide receiver forty four um, entering the year. I, I definitely think he will get up into top twenty five. Maybe the back half of that, you know, maybe he's closer to like 24, 25, but I, I'm not buying him either. I, I agree with you there too. I, I mean, I, I think he's a nice NFL player, but I think he's going to be very inconsistent in terms of fantasy you said with the quarterback position too. And I think uh, there's a lot of people who were out on Christian Watson who may start to be coming back around on him a little bit here. I was definitely lower on him. I know you were definitely lower on him. Has he risen in terms of rookie wide receivers for you? Has he risen up for you a little bit, at least like solidified himself? I don't think so. I still had him like him and Alec Pierce is like tier 
three tier four guys. I don't do uh, rookie rankings anymore, really. Um, but I still had them like a decent amount behind Pickens, uh, even like Sky Moore, uh, obviously Garrett Wilson, Traylon Burks, and the wide receiver one. Um, like I, I had him, all those guys, a, a decent amount behind them, and I still think they're a decent amount behind them. I mean, the nice thing is he's shown that he can at least play in the NFL this year. I don't know that anybody intelligent questioned that. It's just, again, like fantasy is such a different game than just the NFL. Like that's why I still think JSN is, is probably the top receiver in his class. Cause I think whatever team takes him is going to use him in the way he needs to be used. And he'll be highly, highly effective in a fantasy football role. Yeah. He might never be your alpha on the boundary that commands, you know, double coverage. And, you know, is the focus of the defense. That's okay. I don't give a crap about that. That's not what I'm playing for. Um, I, I, so I think like he's shown that he can function in the NFL, but is he a good fantasy player week in week out that I'm not so sure about. It's fair. So you mentioned Sky Moore in there. Do you still have, uh, Sky Moore ahead of Christian Watson or is I do. And for the record, I was not quite on the Sky Moore train as Mm -hmm. some other people were, but I think he's looked okay for the chiefs. I still like that. He's married to Mahomes. That matters quite a bit. Um, we'll see if like how many more resources they want to dump into the wide receiver position this offseason. Because I think I believe Juju was on a one year deal. You still have Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they traded for Tony, can't stay healthy. Um uh MVS is there, Miko Hardman. I, I don't know exactly what the status of those guys is moving forward. So I they I, I don't know what kind they're they might there might just be a situation where they're just kind of cobbling it together every year because you have Patrick Mahomes, you don't really need to make significant investment. Although and Kelsey. The Packers said the same thing. So um some point you got to do it but they, they've shown that they're willing to to bring some of those guys in yeah yeah i mean more willing than the packers you know if you're if you're using that comparison um it took the packers how long to draft somebody in the second round chiefs took more was he second or third round guy i think third no i think it was second rounder second okay yeah so i mean they already did that they brought in juju uh who was a very nice signing here i'll be interested to see where juju ends up but that could be a topic for another day. And like so you said, they brought I, in your buddy, Tony. I've been thinking about this all week, and I wanted to ask you this on the show. Oh, okay. Do you I'm remember? Excited. I don't even know if it was the last. It might have been like last offseason. It's at least a year ago where we talked about the three Steelers wide receivers, and we said, which one of them do you think will be better long term? And at that point, it was Deontay Johnson way up here, and mm-hmm. then Juju was kind of you know hanging out. And some people even had a clay pool above him, and I maintained – that I still like Juju the most of that trio long term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely don't look like an idiot today, right? Um, you mean in terms of that take, or just like looking like yeah. an idiot in general? Just, Colin, you're the one sitting here in a robe, so. <laughs> um, no, I, I agree with you. I, I no, you do not look like an idiot for that take. Um, I was on that train with you there as well. Uh, I did have it pretty close with him and Deontay. Uh, Deontay had been a little bit disappointing here this year. And I think Pickens is going to overtake that overtake him as that wide receiver one. And that by the way, I know there are some people out there saying to sell George Pickens. Do not do that. Do not do that. Do not do that. He's going to continue to impress as the years go on here. Do not, do not do that. Yeah. Yeah. George Pickens uh, was a definitely a value this year. Um, last guy for me here that I think is going to be a riser is Tony Pollard. Uh, he was RB 30 drafted as the RB 30 coming into this year. He's the RB nine on the year in half PPR. Uh, he, even that's even with splitting carries with Zeke. 
you know, is he banged up a little bit here and there, but um, he's just been very explosive. Uh, they've been able to use him in the passing game as well, which is not necessarily a surprise, but uh, it's, it's definitely contributed to that wide receiver that are running back nine. And the, one of the best things about Tony Pollard is his contract situation too. So, I mean, we knew he was good. We knew he was a good running back. We just needed to see him get unleashed. We're seeing that now. So are NFL teams. He's a free agent after this year. So he can go somewhere else if he wants. Or if the Cowboys do decide they want to keep him, Zeke has a potential out after this year in his contract. Um, his dead cap drops from 30 million to 11 million. Now, 11 million, not chump change. That's still, still fairly significant. The year after that, it drops down to six, which is even more palatable. But if they decide they want to make Tony Pollard their guy, you know, they could do that too. So I think there's enough flexibility in his future uh, where he should be a lead back somewhere that, you know, he's, he's going to be a guy that's going to climb pretty high up these rankings. I don't think he'll get quite as high as Ramondre. I think Tony Pollard will probably live in that RB 12 to 15 ish range, but that's way higher than the RB 30 that he was drafted this year. People have said that we don't argue enough on this show that we tend to be in lockstep with some things. So I'm going to push back on this that? Colin, because I can't multiple people have said that. And mostly it's, so do you actually want to hear what people, you people usually say, Colin, I don't know if you're ready for this. I would like to hear what the people say. I can take it. I'm a big boy. They, they, they say that you just agree with me on everything. Who I am that? obviously the alpha male on this show. People I'm offended now. I'm offended. People, 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 people say very this. fine people, 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 the people are saying many people are saying this. Many um, people are saying this. I actually don't think that Tony Pollard can go any higher in his ADP than he currently is. Then because I don't think they're going to cut Zeke. And even if they do, you know what, you know what the narrative is going to be all off season. The Cowboys cut Zeke and it's a loaded running back draft class. And the That's Cowboys fair. have made it very clear that they still don't want to run Pollard like that. Like they did it that one week. Other than that, they've been very, very hesitant to do so. I think like I have Pollard still on a couple of teams and of the three or four that I do, I think only like one of them is a real contender. So I'm keeping him on that one, but the other ones I'm trying to sell them for anything I can. Cause I think no matter what happens this off season, something is going to happen to devalue him. Maybe that makes him a bargain. I don't know. But in terms of like pure value, I don't think he can go up at all. Like, cause they don't even need to draft the bell cow guy. They can just draft a guy that's perceived as a thumper. Cause there are still some of those in this draft class, but like they could go out and get Zach Charbonnet in the third, let Zeke play one more year. And then Charbs becomes the guy or, or chase Brown or, I want to say Mo Ibrahim because I still think Mo Ibrahim goes like undrafted. Um, like even like Kenny McIntosh or something like that could even be the ready-made in-house guy when to get rid of Pollard. Like I, I think there's there's almost no path this offseason that sees him go up personally. From the RB nine, no, I would agree with that. But from the RB thirty, I definitely think he'll go up. Uh, I think he'll go up a, a good bit from that. And like I said, you know, there's, there's still the possibility that he goes somewhere else. You know, what if he ends up in Arizona? You know, they're looking for 
running backs there. They need somebody to kind of compliment James Conner. And I think that that would also be, you know, he doesn't necessarily need to be a bell cow. And, and we're seeing that. Uh, we've seen that for a couple of years now. He doesn't necessarily need to be a bell cow to get, to be productive. So, you know, I'm glad that, I'm glad that you disagreed. I'm glad that we're disagreeing here uh, that, you know, we're not, that I'm not always just agreeing with you. Um, so which, you, know, you want to bring up the Zach Charbonnet you're getting drafted in the third round. It sounds like you have come around to me on that one where I was I saying, I've come I was saying he was just, day two. You, so you, you do this thing, which I noticed a while ago and I've never said anything. And it kind of reminds me of Andy Bernard when he comes back from anger management and he's talking about like personality mirroring. Oh um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Never breaking off a handshake. No, that's, he says that before he goes like, yeah. Yo, yeah, I, I think so. I, I like, I'll say like, I think Sean Tucker will go round three, and you'll say, yeah, I think Sean Tucker can go round three, and then you launch into your thing. Like, you always have like that, that's that segue sentence, mm-hmm. which is very nice, but you're definitely, mm-hmm. you're definitely trying to cool me down a little bit. You're trying to placate me a little bit. I get it. I'm tough to deal with behind the scenes. I am. So Felix, um, Felix gets that. And I, I do now see now I was hyping up Ramondre and saying, I hope he doesn't listen. Now I hope he does listen because he'll he'll back me up on this. It, it is like a it's a mirroring tactic where I will kind of repeat part of the last thing that you say and then launch into what I'm saying. Or I will like I I think that, too. And then but and then change it there. So it's 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 a mirroring tactic. I don't know. I just kind of do it instinctively. But. That doesn't necessarily mean I'm always agreeing with what you're saying. That that's fair. I just you you do 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 that. You do do mm-hmm. that, and I've just you just said I've do never that. said anything about it, but I've noticed it. Okay. Yeah. No, you've you said stuff about it behind closed doors. Have or I? Somebody has. Either you have or me. somebody has, because Felix backed me up on it. Felix is like, no, he's doing it intentionally. It's a mirroring tactic. It's a it's it's a like interview like nego- like not negotiation but like discussion tactic so in case anybody ever wants to know what it's like behind the scenes at camp to Canton headquarters if you've ever seen uh um uh avengers civil like the civil war that's basically mm. what it's like behind the scenes we're, we're split yeah. pretty much down the middle um, on everything really depending on the topic um yeah we could argue about anything it's a lot of fun you should have seen us argue about players of the year today <laughs> that was good um, the players of the year discussion Yes. Like, yeah. What 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 do we even use as criteria? It was a very fun discussion. It was. It was. But we got some good stuff coming because of it. We do. Um, but yeah. So we're split on Tony Pollard. There we go. For those people out there who want us to disagree more, there you have it. But that is going to do it for us here tonight. Uh, we are moving into the off season here, like we talked about on on Monday. You know, college fantasy football is over. Congratulations to anybody who won their league. Would um, not put your hand down. Um, congratulations to anybody who won their league. Uh, if we had any part in that, you know, awesome. But we appreciate you guys. We appreciate you listeners here. But as we move into the off season, we're still bringing you content. We're still going to be bringing you a podcast every day of the week. Uh, podcast schedule is going to stay the same. We're going to be having a lot of YouTube content coming out here soon for early signing day, which is coming up. So if you're into freshmen and recruiting, I know this is the Canton bound show, but if you're into the freshmen and into some recruiting, 
you're going to want to check out and stay tuned to that uh, to that YouTube channel. Hit the notification button so that way you get uh, you, you get the notification whenever we drop a new video breaking down one of these signings here and what that's going to mean. I, I but, have a challenge for our audience, actually, before we oh, go. Okay. Now that the offseason is kicking off. We are out here um, trying to promote everything college fantasy related. I often refer to it as like college adjacent, like CFF, mm-hmm. Debbie, C2C, all these things, because that's what we love. That's what we like to do. That's why we even started this website, because we like yeah. this stuff and there was like nothing out there. So we were like, you know, if you build it, they'll come. So here's our challenge. My challenge. I don't want to I don't want to lump you in here, Colin. Here's my challenge for everybody listening. Find one friend that does not currently play this format and get them to play it. They'll thank you for it later. Think they about will. Think about your life before you started playing, you know, any sort of college fantasy or, you know, player props or betting on the games or, or, or Debbie or, or even just kind of rookie scouting, you know, think about what your, your, your experience was like before that and you discovered it, introduce one friend to that and let's grow this sucker. Yeah. I'm sure everybody listening to this knows one person who likes college football or who loves the NFL draft. And if you love the NFL draft, move into Debbie. You're going to get in on a year earlier and it's a lot of fun. And then you just keep going down the rabbit hole, but everybody listening knows one person who would love this. So I like that challenge. I second that challenge. I, I, I didn't want to put both of our names on it. I appreciate but, uh, it. I'm glad that you're also buying in. I am. Yes. I'm also buying in on that. Um, but that's going to do it for us here tonight. Tune into the YouTube channel. Tune into all the other content we have coming. But until next time, I'm Colin. And this is Austin. And have a good one.